Welcome to episode nine of the USP. Um, yeah, episode nine. Crazy how we got here. And bittersweet, this is the last probably coaching one from Felix to me. Next week, going to be the Chris Foss episode. In this episode, cover off how to identify challenges and pain. I have my own opinions that I've learned over my kind of couple of years in sales. Felix has given me some of his tips and tricks over the last kind of few months. And then this, we have a good back and forth conversation with Felix letting us into some of the methodologies and science behind it again. So it's a really, really good episode. It's probably one of my, um, my, my favorite episodes, my favorite coaching sessions. It's helped me massively. So hoping it can help somebody else out there too. Enjoy. It's the USP, the Unnamed Sales Podcast, and I'm Felix from Revenue Enablement. And I am Luke. Hi there, guys and girls. Um, looking forward to another episode. I think this will be a good one. Do you want to lead us in there, Felix? What are we yeah. talking about? This is part three of an epic series that's kicked off with Luke wanted to chat about personas. We then went into storytelling. We told a few stories, a few fibs maybe. Um, and today we're talking about pain. <sighs> Yeah, um, just to recap on the reasons why I was struggling day to day in these three topics massively. I know the value of them right now, and I know that they're going to be useful wherever I go next, AE, where, wherever that is. These three are massive topics that intertwine into my job and make my job easier. Um, and yeah, I just like I knew I didn't know enough about them at the stage I was in my SDR life. So I appreciated at the time. Felix actually had to help me. We were meant to record an episode um, and he helped me offline because it was something that I was really like my brain couldn't wrap my head around it. So we have a bit of a, a framework and a plan for today's episode from that session. But yeah, I found it extremely valuable and I'm hoping that everyone else does as well. It was a bit of a recording fail, but by all means, probably <laughs> one of the best coaching sessions I've ever run. <laughs> Let's record an episode. Felix, I need your help was how that started. I need to find out how to like get the challenges and understand pain and all that stuff. And to be yeah. fair, that's how the pod started as well. <laughs> I need your help. Consistency is key. Yeah. Um been consistent throughout in the way that these things have been set up. But yeah. Um so I guess you want to know what's been going on this week. I'll um, yeah. lead myself in. Go on, go on. I'll lead you in. Go on. Luke, tell us how's your week been? I have two things that happened. So I had a realization moment last weekend that helped me through my week. It's funny because um, it was just, I wasn't working. I was just sitting, relaxing. My mind was, mind was very clear. And I was able to figure out that even though I work in sales um, and all the jobs I've had before this and my life up until this point, like I started th- this path when I started playing rugby. Um, like honestly, and then I went to college and I did sports studies and I was always kind of coaching and I've always, I wanted to be a PE teacher and I just happened to get different jobs and roles and whatever happened. But I found that, I found that inside me, I'm, I'm a coach and that's what I am. That that's what I am. That's what I always have been, but I can use that and say it. So I can use it when I'm speaking to people, I'm like trying to help their business, trying to make them better at what they do and trying to show them the tool that they can use. 
people on my team. I like to coach them and help them. I like to also receive coaching. So I'm like very aware of like the give and take. So that was, that was a really good moment for me last week. And from that, we, um, as a team, it isn't just me, but as a team, we set up like team learning sessions. So not just a players only chit chat, like an hour long team learning session on, uh, at the end of the week where oh, yeah. now every second week we're going to be doing our own training and this manager is going to be doing their own. So no managers involved. We're coming up with a plan, agenda, outcome ourselves. And we had a really good session and people liked that. And we have a like running spreadsheet and yeah, well, Google sheet, but yeah, it was, um, yeah, two massive things that happened this week. Not to do a performance or anything, but real realization moments, and yeah, really enjoyed it. It's brilliant. It's funny because I mean, a lot of a lot of sports coaching psychology goes about the transition of learning and owning the development of the team throughout the week, from coach led at the beginning of the week to being player led by the end of the week, just before yeah. you played the game. And this is a huge thing for the, for the All Blacks, the, the New Zealand rugby team that's obviously been the best or whatever in the world historically. Um, and they always go to this phase in the week where it's Thursday or Friday, captains run. So the last training session before game and it's player led, player run with the player analysis afterwards. It sounds like you've just done that this week. You know, the inmates are running this island. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like very, very important not to have that as one person, one voice. So I think it made it very clear, and we have a, a lot of voices in the team from people that have been there for a month to people that have been there yeah. for a year or two. So there's there's going to be involvement from people that have just started the company uh, to people that have been there a year and a half. So that's going to be really – I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited about what's due to come. So, yeah, that's pretty much the highlights of my week, what's been happening. You, you need a leadership group, though. I mean, it can't just yeah. be one person says, actually, this is the way the team should go because you've already got a manager or a coach or whatever. Yeah. You need It needs to be this is the leadership group who all buy in, this is the way – we as a team are going to market or this is the game we're going to play at the weekend, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Loved it, loved it. And there's like, yeah, so many voices, so much to give, so much like collaborative learning. And uh, the first session went well, so I'm guessing in two weeks' time we'll have another good one. <laughs> we'll be all outside chain smoking. You're not betting. <laughs> <laughs> Seems legit anyway. Um, but yeah, that's not, that wasn't to do with like the, 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 technical say like, like terminology we go over or like hitting quotas or getting like that was something that i'm really passionate about and yeah fine just realizing that i use them coaching skills and in, in a lot of my day-to-day um even like the stop and listen rather than over talking like that's a coach isn't it just let the players play and see what happens um but doing it to myself self-coaching and then receiving coaching so you don't just give you got to take so got to receive coaching from different sources like i'm doing right now um and it's only fair to pass some of that knowledge on oh for sure no everything we do we're you have to be open to learning you have to be open to to saying i can take something out of every experience um otherwise you kind of walk around with blinkers on all the time right yeah 100 um, percent going through the most <laughs> good lord the name of this uh <laughs> this episode um oh, we're doing an episode on like pain and challenges <laughs> That doesn't sound very nice, which it doesn't, does it? <laughs> it doesn't, but that doesn't like not all the glitters is gold, you know. Not every part of the job is something we enjoy. But let's let's maybe let's maybe say that like we say this episode's about pain, but really what we're talking about here is running a decent discovery call or meeting. And you know, we're always looking for as a salesperson that challenge or that pain that helps you solve something for the customer right and that's why you know pain such a 
a topic and that's been made very popular through certain methodologies to talk about a funnel of pain, et cetera. We try not to, to plagiarize or comment on something that we maybe don't have the rights to say on this podcast, but anyone who's gone through that methodology will know. But um, before we jump into that, let me tell you something. In episode seven, which is the personas episode of the start of all this process, I had said that one thing I miss so much about the sales environment of how fun it was, was that sales floor and having everyone together. This week, we had that. We had a sales kickoff, it's Q4, and we had almost the entire sales force in Dublin. We did a good kickoff, nothing too heavy. You know, it's Q4, everyone's got a job to do. But then we had a hell of a, of a getting to know each other session afterwards around Dublin. It was a late night, and I'm telling you, it's badly needed after COVID. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that. They do that sometimes with the AA team here, but the SDRs, we're, uh, we, we, we're, we kind of do everything virtually or we do it with our team in the specific sure. city, but Canada's like is so stretched out. You're Toronto to Vancouver is six hours, but um, I'm happy for you that you got to do that. It's like, that's what it's all about, isn't it? You do the day in, day out, but rubbing shoulders with colleagues, peers. Oh, yeah. like it's invaluable. Yeah, yeah. It, so much that you can get offline or around the coffee cooler, around a beer, That's random it. chats. Even just, just chats and a lot of chat, you'll have chats about business, but you'll hear people thinking about the things a certain way and you'll figure out actually hmm. this person's figured out how to do something that maybe the wider team don't know or whatever. And you start getting ideas and it's just really good collaboration, you know, and I think we've got so much great tech that allows us to do that, but I still think there's a place for, you know, the bar stool the water cooler whatever it is yeah. it's definitely a place for that um but yeah so from my point of view you know it was a, it was a long week after after that tuesday sales kickoff but it was uh well worth the pain tuesday is a dangerous day to have a sales kickoff let me tell you <laughs> get that near the end of the week <laughs> it was but look it's q4 every every day counts tell me man before we start i've got one question for you Go on. it's a question i've been asking people in work People have a question I've been asking people like involved in my career in some way. What is the difference between challenge and pain or a challenge and a pain? Yeah. Regardless of sales or customers <laughs> or anything, challenge and pain, what's the difference for you? It, it does depend on the context though. I mean, like, I mean. Okay. Well, to do with sales then and to, to I, customers. I, I mean, if you, depend, <laughs> depends if you're talking about or who, what you're talking about. I mean, if you ask me about a certain person, I'd say oh, that person's challenging to deal with. And if you ask me about this other person, I might say, no, he's a pain in the ass to deal with. <laughs> so <laughs> there's there's one difference. But I mean, within our view here, in terms of in terms yeah. of the sales process, in terms of having conversations with prospects and customers, for me, a challenge is so for me, a pain, a pain is a challenge that's not immediately urgent right now. And what I mean by that is a, a challenge. We've all got challenges. There's always things that are you know, frustrating about the job. We wish they could be running more efficiently. We wish we weren't spending so much time doing something. And these are all challenges we have doing the job. And I'm sure there's plenty of solutions out there to help and solve for all of these things. But maybe now is not the right time for me to speak in with these different companies who could solve these challenges for me. A pain is when it becomes absolutely apparent that this challenge is fundamentally impacting me, my time, 
the money I have, my budget, um, anything like that. So for me, urgency or the severity of the problem is, is what differentiates challenge from a pain. A pain is hurting me right now. A challenge is annoying, may hurt me in the future, but right now it's just the, it's just a noise. That's good. I like that. I'm going to leave it there with the definition. That's great. And now you're going to, I guess, reteach, because you've already t- taught me this stuff like two, three weeks ago. And let me just be very honest. It's very hard. <laughs> like It's very hard to keep, like, keep that structure and keep that flow and make sure you're getting there. But I'm getting closer, but I'm really excited to like hear some more tips and how to, how to get to that, not get to the pain. You don't want people to have pain, but to identify it and get to. Yeah, well, let's start with let's start with that that session we had. You know, like we literally sat down for an hour and a half, shot the breeze, and we had a chat. How did that come about? So, what was going on for you? That kind of this was so topical. Opposite, we're going in um, for Paddy. Um, we're like out. I knew that they're, I know they're a good fit company. I knew that they had some sort of challenges. I knew that they were struggling with specific things. Maybe their software was. They had four different softwares that were trying to do the same thing, or maybe things were slow. And I knew that, but I wasn't like laying it out with the prospect. I wasn't laying it out with the company I was speaking to. And I wasn't identifying it. And identifying it and knowing it, obviously, are two very different things. Like identifying the challenge and then even having the challenge. Well, they don't, yeah, well, they don't really find that a challenge. Or the person, maybe the owner doesn't find, feel the same challenge as the yeah. managers. And that's where I was maybe comp- getting company level challenges, but really the owner didn't really care about that. It was the company was struggling, not the owner. The owner only really worried about how the business was going to perform in the next 12 months. So it was, they were, they were there, but I wasn't able, I didn't know the science behind it, as I keep saying. And you helped me like understand the scientific method of having them conversations, but also putting markers in and maybe leading the leading the witness a little bit and explaining to them how, um, well, we're going to go through it. Let's not get, I'm not going to try and repeat what you taught me in the wrong way, but yeah, that's what you help me with the science of actually identifying the challenge, quant, like getting the, to the pain and bringing those into my conversations. Yeah. If we distill it down, if we break it down, it sounds like, using our friend Chris Voss. <laughs> it sounds like what you were lacking was the clarity of why you were trying to find the pain. Like, obviously, you know, you want to get an opportunity, but it was like struggling with this idea of well, why am I getting to this point and what's the benefit of getting to this point? Because again, your, your, your opportunity or your, your role is to find those opportunities and then hand over to, to Paddy to demo and take it on, right? Would that be fair yeah. in saying yeah, to find to find a good fit company, um, establish some of the company level information, understand like where they're finding challenges of pain, and then settle for him so he can navigate, show them Procore, and show them how he can help. Yeah. So, so realistically, the, the structure for you wasn't there. Like, I mean, you know how to run discovery; you've been doing it. But yeah, the challenge was a lot of it was becoming second nature, having been on the phone for so long, and maybe you didn't have that natural flow of okay i'm doing this at the beginning to set myself up for this that then flows into that natural uncovering of an opportunity for me to work with this organization and then having all the right information to pass off to paddy for him to be successful right yeah and the result of our chat was now i can go company level project level person level and it was doing it during the week where i didn't have that framework yeah and I was just like finding out, oh, that's a challenge. Surely that's good. 
they're, yeah. they're somebody somebody there is having a challenge with this thing sure let's uh, let's have a chat so Ben wasn't as kind of high quality as it could have been and he was giving me that feedback I asked him specifically by the way I was like what is you keep giving me good feedback stop giving me positive feedback what's missing there's something obviously missing I could tell there's something missing otherwise everyone would be signing up you know what I mean I was like there's yeah. something what is missing and then I got him to tell me and then I t- messaged you the next day and yeah that was where we're at yeah and I think it's about okay so like you, you found you found the missing link in terms of okay I needed to get to that point in terms of him telling me well what actually is the the missing link here what is the 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 pain or what's the challenge here really but mm-hmm. to get to that point there's a lot of things you have to do to set yourself up otherwise you just sound like you know hey give me give me give me you know give me all mm-hmm. of that information and then you know the customer feels like they're being interrogated so i think it starts with the moment you pick up that phone and you're doing your introduction you've got that 30 to 60 maybe 90 seconds where the customer the person that are under the phone is saying why should I speak with you? And you've got that moment then to say, okay, show empathy, show capability or credibility, uh, and ultimately have that, why should that person speak with you? So it's all about like having done your research, you show that you know the person you're speaking to, you show you know the company, and then you've either got to challenge the way they think about something they know, or tell them something they didn't already know. Because that that leads you into that, what's in it for me? Otherwise, that conversation doesn't move forward. Yeah. So either challenging what they know, or teaching them something that they didn't know before you spoke to them. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, yeah. like, think, think of this in very simplistic terms. A lot of salespeople do this by saying, hey, we're working with ABC company, who you, know, you obviously know because they're in your industry. Uh, and we're actually helping them on a couple of challenges, uh, would you like me to tell you about it? Because that's a very simple way of saying, well, look, I know you know about the industry. Here's somebody you obviously know from your industry because they're quite a large name or whatever. Uh, would you like me to tell you how what we're helping them with, which you may have similar challenges? Would that be interesting for you? Because of course, he's either going to say, well, he might not say yes, but I mean, realistically, he's probably going to say, Actually, yeah, I'd be keen to hear what you're doing with them on that. Yeah. So uh, this is what happened last time, and I realized it's a moment of, like, obviously I know, you know constantly that you should be learning what challenges you solve for, but there's so many challenges that you can solve for. That This conversation made me rewind and go, if I'm speaking to a specific type of person in a company, they're probably going to have similar challenges. So I was able to... Figure out what our customers, like what challenges they were facing before they joined us and how they got. And I've spoken to people internally about that. I've asked, just opened up that conversation. But yeah, knowing what you solve for that specific type of person, that's the, one of the biggest learning things I, I got from from chatting to you. It's, um, that's like you have to rewind out of trying to get challenges and pain and stuff before you. You need to know that first. You know what you, what you, you do you solve the- for. The stereotypical things. Why do yeah. you exist? What What are the things you typically solve for? And then distill that down. Okay, for this industry, what what where do we fit? And for these types of buyers, going back to personas, what do how does that impact them? So, for example, if I'm speaking with the IT guy, as we talked about in our story last week, maybe he doesn't naturally care about the exciting things you do. He actually cares about how you help him solve a different challenge, or you know fight a regulation that might 
kick his ass or you know you don't want to give him something else to manage whereas for a finance director or a procurement person it might be more about actually can you help me do something more efficiently from a cost perspective yeah might have yeah so So, i think the story has to tell the person what pain and challenges they may have Stories or relate establish, to the audience, yeah. right? And this is this is where we go into the the matrix and have the the trip. The three of them kind of tie in together quite nicely in this. Well, they do. I mean, mm. knowing knowing your customer and then being able to ask questions to validate and clarify that that customer has the typical problems that you solve for, and they're bringing all that together in a nice package. Maybe it's using customer references and storytelling to bring that to life for that person. Um, and then using that opportunity where he's bought in because you clearly can show that you understand them. There's an empathy, there's a rapport built that he's now open to you asking a few more questions to really make sure actually, can you support his business? And we'll get to that. I mean, you've, the first thing is you've got that first moment you pick up the phone to be relevant because that gives you permission to proceed into mm-hmm. the conversation. Um, and when you're there, you've then got that opportunity to say, well, look, let me tell you about this customer. But before I do, do you mind if I ask you a question just to make sure that you're in the same kind of situation that they were they were facing? And there's that's, where you... That's a very good line because, that, yeah, that's a good line. Can I ask you a question to make sure that you're in? Because sometimes we assume, sometimes we have enough information on Salesforce or from Google or from wherever that, oh, you look exact, you look exactly like someone else. And yeah, that puts people on the back foot. It can does. I ask you a question just to, like, can I ask you a question to make sure that you are aligned or you are similar to this customer that we have? That's a what really, you, I like that. What do you notice about that question? Asking for permission. But also, it's, it's, a, it's a closed question. It's a yes, no oh, yeah. question. Specifically yeah. because he's more than likely going to say yes and allows you to ask the question you want to ask, which is going to be your leading you know, situational question. Or he's going to say no, which means, okay, let me tell you the story then. Because sure. you're already confident enough that you'll have one or two pieces in that story that are going to apply to him anyway. But uh, the, the point of asking that question is allows you to do a bit of discovery before you go and ultimately tell him the story. Let's figure out how the way to ask that question next week in Chris Voss, I think, because that's very, <laughs> that, that, let's, I was going to say something, but let's pause that and push that to next week. The way to ask that initial question is very, but yeah, of course, I've never thought of that. That's, I've, I don't know why. But, <laughs> like, remember, we want, we want to, we want to ask open questions when we're trying to learn something. Yeah. We want to ask closed questions when we're trying to direct the customer a certain way. Now you have mm. to have game that are prepared for both scenarios if he says yes, which way am I going? If he says no, I'm going this way. And that's why mapping out a bit of a question tree uh, can be useful. You know, kind of mapping out if yes, then this. If no, then that. You know, kind of mapping out what way your conversation flows might go. And I wouldn't do this for individual customers. I do this no. as a, ge- a generalization thing. And then where are we going next? Where are we going next? It's a good question. <laughs> so he said, <laughs> let's assume he says yes, and you haven't burst yeah. into your customer story. So now you've got the chance to uh, uh, ask a few open-ended situational questions. Now, you've got to be very careful with these, right? Because first of all, when you ask a situation question, meaning a question that asks about what their current realm or experience is, you're getting all the benefits. He's giving information, he's getting nothing back. You're asking questions. So you're very limited to what you can ask. So my warning is don't ask something you can research. 
you know, don't waste the question because you're only going to piss off the customers. Like that's on my website or you read my link, okay. you know, ask a question and then use, make sure you're asking open questions that are going to help you lead toward where you want to go. So for example, you know, the typical challenges or the typical pains that your solution solves for, or the typical things that your product does that nobody else does, meaning the opportunities that could be gathered by working with your solution. Okay. Okay. So you need to ask open-ended questions to understand where are they now that can set you up for those future leading questions around the pain or the opportunity. I know it's a lot to listen to. Let's break no, that no, down. No. You're, 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 uh, by the way, Felix is saying that because I've closed my eyes. I've closed my eyes because I'm imagining their situation right now and then painting the picture of where their situation could be with the platform. So I wasn't closing my eyes because I couldn't, I was closing my, that sometimes when I'm on the phone, I close my eyes to imagine the prospect. It's like imagery is very important to me. Um, so yeah, if you're listening to this, close your eyes and then do what I did and imagine what their situation is like now in a random imaginary business. And then down the line, down the road, you're walking down the road, they're in a di- different situation, but they're using your platform. And what is the difference between the two? I think that's what you're trying to ask. We're, we'll get to that point. We will, yeah. we're, we're fast forward a little bit. But the point here is we're going to ask an open-ended question to understand where they are today. Because when you know where they are today, you can then draw from that the right question to ask about pain or capability, meaning the opportunity, right? right? So um, that's that's kind of where we're going. So for example, if you're buying a car, now I'm thinking this off the top of my head, if you're buying a car, right, and you don't have a car today, you know, and I, I need to understand, you know, first open question I'm going to have, you've just walked into the showroom, I don't know if you drove in, you've walked in, First question I might ask you is, you know, how are you getting around today? It's an open question. It leads you to tell me, well, actually, I've had to take the bus here. I've had to, you know, and then I'm automatically imagining the world you live in. So then I can say, oh, my God, you've taken the bus uh, and you're coming from where? Okay, that must have cost you X amount of time and in, in, it must cost you X amount of time to get here. You know, that would be so much better if you had a car. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That's okay where you're getting to. We should be in car sales. That sounds nice. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I think, have you not seen Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross? <laughs> Let's not get in them weeds again. Let's not get in there. Um, but anyway, it's a challenging world, I'm sure, car sales, um, as they all are. But I mean, that's the point. So you're trying to ask a situational question to build up to your point where you can ask your pain question, your problem question, your challenge question. Yeah. So, and that's going to be a more leading question. So you've understood some piece of information. He's explained something and feel free to ask one or two or three of these, you know, be careful as well, not be pumping the guy for information or lady. Um, because you're then moving into that leading pain question. And here you're going to ask question that signifies problems that similar customers to him have or problems you know your solution solves, or things you know that your solution does that others cannot. So for example, let's um, let's say for example, you know, you know the car you're selling is the only car on the market that, let's say, goes not to 103 seconds. And this guy's really into that, you know, and he's really, he's a speed freak, young guy, really wants to, you know, just a speed freak, right? And you're going to ask one question, well, you know, I can see you're into cars, you know, you're absolutely flat out drag racing, whatever. 
how important is it for you to get quick off the line? And they're like, oh, it's really important. Blah, 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 blah. And they're like, tell me, you know, how, how quick are you going today? And you know yours is the only card that goes zero to three. So whatever he gives you is going to be more than three seconds. Therefore, you can say, oh, okay, it's very, very interesting because you've got that understanding of a potential need that he's a I've speed got, freak. I've got a question that is involved, yeah. included in this. It's when you get that information, what's your next step? So this the guy standing in front of you. He's told you about the the the... the speed is important to him and then do you immediately talk about the speed of your car or do you go somewhere else now i continue my line of questioning i continue asking open-ended questions because if i that you can you can fall into the snake oil salesman approach of oh you've got this problem here's the solution you don't (laughs) want to end up there because that's very transparent what you want to do is try understand what other challenges there may be or what other things can he not do in his current situation because what you're trying to do is wrap up a package at the end that's going to show actually i can get you from here to here so you don't have to take the bus to get here you know Mm -hmm. saving you time and then i know you know from a reputational point of view it's really important when you do have a card that you're going quick so from that point of view, I'm going to get you covered because I've got this that gets you really quick off the line because I know that, you know, initial acceleration is super important to you and nobody else is, you know what I mean? So you're trying to understand a couple of scenarios so yeah. then you can build in the that wow moment. And I mean, probably this is not a great example. It's probably much better if I wasn't no, thinking good. off the top of my head. I think anyone can picture their own situation in that story, no problem. Like no matter what you're talking to, if somebody regularly as an SDR gives you a challenge or an, a major issue where they come as an inbound and they have one specific thing, we regularly jump at that and that is the reason why they sit down and that's the reason why they don't show up because, oh, I had one issue, uh, one challenge and actually solved it before the meeting started. So, you know, what? I don't need you anymore. And that yeah. happens. That's like such a common thing. So I think that story is important and it does, does have relevance to us. What I would say is an easy way of uncovering some of these some of these challenges or some of these pains is to try paint the world that they live in so try to do a day in the life of if, if the customer will entertain it and what i mean by mm-hmm. here is like okay so talk me through your typical day let's say we're in your office and we're gonna do this how does that look or how does that work shout out to patty here he did teach me this as well this is yeah. like, he taught me this from day one. He's like, get them to tell you a day in their life, go run from morning to breakfast to dinner, just get them to do it. And it's like, yeah, you get to, you get an insight into somebody's life. And it's really interesting. And the benefit of doing this is because you can start quantifying things there, right? Because you're naturally going to understand what, what the metrics or what the improvement points are for your product over a competitor or what problems you solve. So you define quantify, please. So I mean, quantify here, we're going back to our metrics, right? So what we're talking about here is how long does something take to do? How many people does it take to do a certain thing? How much money are you spending on something? How, you know, it's typically related to time and money. You know, what you're trying to do is get a metric. It's trying to have understanding of how much things cost in either time or money or effort, right? And if you can... What do they not do 
because they're spending time doing the things that are taking so long or costing so much money because yeah. that is where pain lives. So let's say, for example, Luke, you're telling me about your day, you know, talk me through how long you're spending in the morning prospecting. Well, I spend time in the afternoon prospecting, but one hour a day I spend. And I really hate it. I really hate it. I have to get, I have to get other people to help me. I get Patty to do a lot of it and just point me in the right direction. I want to be on the phone calling people. Like, <laughs> I know you don't need all this pain right now, but I hate, like prospecting is a struggle for me. I, I like doing it when I'm doing it, but I prefer to be on the phone. So it's usually after hours or end of the day, I try to not doing my working hours, which is a waste of time. Right. Okay. So you're spending time outside of work, working. Yeah, always. Yeah. I'm doing it right now. Okay. Okay. What are you not doing when you're doing those things? So what uh, are you what are you giving up to work outside of work? Maybe the odd time I don't go for a run. Maybe I don't like socialize um, as much um, during the week. Definitely not. Um, like that kind of personal stuff. Usually, um, um, yeah, usually personal stuff. Okay. Okay. But you're but you're you're a sporty guy, right? And being healthy is important to you. Massively. Yeah. Okay, but you're sacrificing that to get ahead and work. Because prospecting yeah. is something you hate and it takes a lot of time. So that is, it, that is true. So if I could potentially give you something that could maybe half the amount of time you're spending prospecting and give you back that half hour of your one hour to focus on going for that run, that would be a big value to you. Yeah, well, massively. But also, I wouldn't have to do half an hour prospecting, which is a massive benefit to me, regardless that, of what I use that time for. That too, that too. So you can see an extra benefit to this. Yeah. All right. So then would you would you think it makes sense then if we were to go and kind of continue having that conversation and see how we could do this? Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. This is like, Absolutely. I hope somebody can do this, by the way. <laughs> ah, it's, it sounds much easier because obviously you're on the other side of the phone. You know where I'm going with this. But I mean, that's kind of what we're trying to do. We're trying to That's all true. Understand. Like, that's, I do hate prospecting. <laughs> Of course, uh, but but I mean, look, but I mean, that's that's kind of what we're trying to help the customer do. Now, let's be fair. Customers are not blind to this. A lot of procurement people are trained on sales methodologies as well. Yeah. They're trained to spot these cues and stuff. I think that's really important because it can be very transparent that a sales guy is talking to you. But I always say that's okay. I mean, like you're yeah. human. You've got a job. He knows you're a salesperson. He knows you're contacting before that. I wouldn't hide the fact that you're a salesperson, you know, I always go back to look, the reason for these questions is I really want to see, are you guys a right fit for us to be having conversation? Because look, I've got, I've got another load of customers I've got to call as well. Uh, and I know you're busy. I know you're, look what you're doing. You're this company. You've got all these projects. I know you're super busy. So I don't waste any more time of yours than I have to. But I know from what you're telling me already that there are some similarities with how we're working with other customers um, and if that's okay, okay, I'd love to continue asking these questions and see where we get there. Yeah. I don't hide the fact that I'm guy. No, neither do I. I do it a different way, but I'm like, from my experience, I've had enough of these conversations and I've looked at enough uh, companies similar to yours that I know when there's a good fit. And I know there's a good fit here if you can see the, the picture. If, uh, if it makes sense right now, right? But it's going to make sense at some stage. So we may as well have this conversation in the near future. And if you want to put, put pause on things for six months, a year, two years, great. But we are eventually going to come up together because 
there, there's there's just no way that you don't see the benefit of this. But we may as well have the conversation now. And then, uh, fair enough. And that gives me like they know what I'm doing. They know that I'm only trying to help. I'm I, I, don't, I don't get paid if people aren't a good fit. Like doesn't make sense. We get paid, obviously. We don't get make, make commission off companies that aren't a good fit for the platform. So yeah, no, nobody, nobody thanks you for creating the opportunity that doesn't close, right? Important to be clear, be above board, and be honest. Um, and you'll eventually you it might be a struggle at the start, but eventually it'll. Uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, get into the weeds of the. Let's get back to it, right? So we we've talked about look understanding today's situation so that you can then ask the questions you know will help you uncover the typical challenges or opportunities that exist within your typical customer, right? Mm-hmm. Now, the problem most salespeople have, and I've had it for sure for years as well, is how do I turn any challenge or pain I find into that sales opportunity how do i turn what's called the implicit need the fact that okay i know there's an issue into the explicit need saying actually the issue is big enough that i actually want to do something about it mm-hmm. you know you and i always have that conversation we're talking about the wi-fi you know the wi-fi going off every now and again is a pain in my ass but changing to a new supplier is an even bigger pain in my ass so i don't bother with it but if I've got a busy day, load director meetings and presenting, whatever, and the Wi-Fi goes down, and this is the third day in a row, it's now become an absolute problem. Then I'm going to start saying, okay, that's it. Vendor one, you're gone. I'm going to your competitor who charges the same amount of money anyway. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's what happens. Uh, the problem is it's about turning annoyance into an actual problem. And that's why trying to find out those metrics are really important because you're trying to quantify that annoyance to show them actually that annoyance is a bit more than an annoyance. That annoyance is actually costing you business. It's costing you time. And yeah. you and I gave an example. We we're talking about talk about um, people using the software that you sell and how these people are busy people and they have to do so many hours of you know, more manual work when they don't use your company's software. Yeah. And we talked about actually building that up for the person who buys, so the, the project manager. Well, how many hours are your whole crew spending on that? And I think we worked out off the back of the fag packet that it was like a day yeah. work for every two workers or three workers or something, right? I think there's an important t- thing here that you covered as well, is that when you're getting people to come up with the numbers and the metrics, they don't even need to tell you as long as they're thinking about it. Yeah. That's all you need. Yeah. And that's, that, that was really good for me. So I said that a few times since like, well, how much time is that costing you or how much money? And people go silent. Like, honestly, like you don't have to tell me if you don't want to tell me, but start thinking, start thinking about these things. How much time is that? How many people are involved? Like what's actually the business impact? You, again, you don't have to tell me these numbers, but these should be going over in your head right now, or maybe at some stage for the next few weeks. Um, and yeah, that, yeah. that it, it's at the end of the day, if your heart's in the right place and you're really trying to help people, people feel it and they see it and they're like, right, okay, I get it. There yeah. is something. Uh, what I always try to do is, or what I used to try to do when I was on the front line is try to understand, okay, typically I know how much somebody gets paid in that role. And I kind of mm-hmm. understand how typically what their average day might look like. Obviously it changes company, company, whatever, but I kind of had an idea so that when I went to those conversations, I would say, look, you don't need to tell me your how much you're paying people and how long they spend on things. But let's say, for argument's sake, that it's we're paying these people, you know, X amount salary per year. 
and that's X amount a month. And, you know, there's 20 working days in a month and we know they're doing all these different tasks. So you could say on average, you're probably spending one, two days a month on this kind of stuff. That's a lot. And mm-hmm. just, just start, just leave it like that. Just the statement. It seems like a lot, you know, and then all of a sudden without him having to do anything, because he knows the real numbers, he knows the real costs, or he's maybe he doesn't know the real costs, but he's using your costs in his head. And all of a sudden he's thinking, Just, I, may, I might have to look into that, especially if he's in charge of driving efficiency or she's in charge of, you know, uh, you know, the budgets and how much we're paying people. You know what I mean? Or usually people have these other metrics that are associated with the performance of, of the people working for them. You know what I mean? So uh, I mean, just planting a few seeds like that starts to make people think, and maybe you can kind of, you know, kickstart or kind of jolt that sales process to life where they weren't thinking about something. And all of a sudden, actually they've become aware of an issue, you know, the start of the, the funnel is the awareness. Yeah. And then they're looking to you who's come in as the expert to now start educating them, meaning you're moving further down that funnel because, you know, the funnel goes awareness, education, and so on into the sales cycle. You know, the top of the funnel is the marketing piece. Uh, you might've just kickstarted that. And all of a sudden the education is not coming from them going and seeking proposals from other vendors and going online. The education has come from you who's brought this awareness to them. And all of a sudden you're the trusted expert. So it's like finding out their challenges and pain and then kind of reverse engineering it to see what they actually want, what they want to be doing. And like trying to patch in your solution to make them do what they want to be doing and then their challenges and pain are mitigated. So but in that, that's what I, the way I see it. You're jumping to that next step. So the next step is, uh, okay, you're spending or your teams are spending X amount of time doing this and you're managing them and you're spending Y amount of time doing that. What could you be doing or what would you like to be doing instead of doing that? Uh, yeah. then, that then you're, then you're painting yeah. a picture where you're painting a world where actually they're saying, well, look, we've always wanted to do this initiative or this project or whatever, but we've never had the time to, we've never had the budget to do it. It's a bit of a nice to have, not a must have. You know, they're so busy keeping the lights on that they haven't had time to be strategic or push the boat and do something else. When you start showing and you ask questions like that, you're forcing them to think about, actually, what could we be doing? And that's 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 a phenomenally powerful question because they may never answer it and you don't need them to answer it. But by asking it alone, they're thinking about it. What happens once they're thinking about it? Like what, where, where do we, because even at that stage, sometimes I get to that stage of the conversation and it's like, do I immediately then book it? Like, when am I, when am I then trying to be like, oh, let's go in it. And how do I navigate that conversation? So you've, you've gone a step far in the way that you've kind of started to turn the explicit need into the implicit need. And you started to kind of help them paint the world where actually that need's gone or that challenge mm-hmm. is gone. Yeah. And they're thinking about, oh, what I could be doing. You know, this is what they call in spin selling the needs payoff question. You know, that, that piece, you've done that piece. But now we need to step it a little bit back because you've already got your quantified piece, your metrics piece. And you'd say, okay, look, it sounds like this is a big enough challenge or a big enough issue. Doesn't make sense for us to continue this conversation. And in that moment, 
their brain's full of dopamine. They're already thinking about that future state where they could be doing all the things they're not doing today. They're already thinking about the money they're saving that could be allocated elsewhere. That's the right time to say, look, let's continue this conversation. It sounds like this is big enough. You know, and you say, look, this seems large enough. Is there an appetite to solve that problem? You can start asking mm-hmm. questions like that. Because look, I've got someone who's happy to come and have another chat with you about this. You're not asking for a come sign my deal. You're saying, look, here, let's yeah. go and continue this conversation. It sounds like there's a big enough problem. It sounds like, you know, we might be able to help you based on this experience. And then you can go back and tell the story from the beginning. Because he might that maybe that might be the situation, the, po- the point in which you say, hey, that's all really familiar. Because actually, like I said at the beginning, We've had this conversation with a similar customer. Now, I know you're running your business slightly differently, but just hear this story out and see if maybe there's a reason for us to continue this conversation. The way you've asked that question is another another little nugget because usually I get that point of the call. I'm, like, I, I'm telling more than asking. So I'm telling what I know. I'm telling what I've seen. And I'm telling what I believe is the next best steps. And then I'm allowing them a couple of, like two different options to sit down. I'm like, well, this is something that we should really be looking at because of what you've told me and what, based on my experience, I prefer the way you, I'm going to try that out. I prefer the way that you've worded it. Um, like based on what we've spoken about, um, like, does it make sense to, to hop on another call or does it make sense at this point to include my colleague who can like continue the conversation a little bit deeper with the team like that? I like that. Cause at the end, <laughs> the way I practice for everything is I start at the beginning. So when I started, the, when we started this podcast, I was like, cold calls only a cold call once. It's like the start of the call. What That's the way I've always done it. So preparation, introduction. So the close yeah. or the end of the call has always been the weakest because that's the last thing I get to, but this is good. This is a good way to, I think, lead on to the next, next steps and that. So, yeah. Because I remember, look, well, there's a few things there because I mean, the thing is, right, you've set your expectation at the start of the call, what you want to get out of it. And maybe you've got this far in this call. Because remember, we said before, look, this could take three conversations. You know, maybe mm. the first call is the guy was busy. So you set up some time to speak to him again. Maybe the second call, then that follow up call, maybe you've only got as far as, okay, understanding some of the challenges and you've agreed, look, you'll come back and have a third call where you fill him in on that customer story. Maybe this is the third call where you start to tell the customer story, but you've used what you've got from meeting number two to set the scene on his situation, to bring him then through that world in which he now wants to be in, to then tell him the customer story. It seems there's a lot of synergies here. Mm-hmm. Do you think it makes sense for us to continue this? Or is there an appetite in the business to, to look at this right now? I mean, that's where you're starting to drive some urgency, you know, because you're trying to you're trying to create a compelling event, right? Yeah, and that's and then, thing. Yeah, and then you could say, "Look, okay, let's go have that extra call. I'm going to set that up. And um, who else should I be including in this? I mean, who else in the business would be impacted by this or would care about this? So what you're then starting to do is you've you're on your way to that immediate opportunity. You know, the sales cycle, you've, you've accelerated the sales cycle. You're now in the point of you might have something that's really got teeth right now. And what you want to do is you're starting to broaden that buying cycle, right? You're starting to try and find out who else, uh, to use your Graham Norton expression, who else is on the couch? Because uh, who else should be included in this conversation? Um, and, th- and that... That's a really good thing is because what you're trying to do is 
you're trying to say, well, look, I want to make sure we get the right people at the demo or at the next meeting. Um, but it's also helping you start to kind of figure out the decision process. Boom. <laughs> Boom. I think that's a mic drop moment of, yeah, you can never stop like learning. You know what I mean? We went over so many of these similar topics three weeks ago and none of it seems familiar to me. It's all such a, such a broad concept, but um, yeah, man, I think obviously, yeah, I need mean, like, there's so much in this episode and it's so important to me, like so important to me the, from our session a few weeks ago, I've like printed off the sheet, the way that it ties stories to personas, to pain challenges and intertwines each other and then comes to the metrics and the people it's a really nice way to tie it all together um we've covered off so many different episodes and coaching sessions really but we've tied off so many different coaching sessions in this episode of what where when metrics cold call storytelling like persona there's so much of it that's just like well this is what it's for to be able to use it in this way you start to bring it all together i mean I was reading that book I told you to get, the Think Again book by Adam Grant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's very good if you listen to him or, or, or watch anything he does. But there's a, in, that, in that book, there's a chapter he talks about kind of conflict with other people. Um, and you can kind of look at it as a kind of a you versus me kind of thing, you know, like two sides of a pitch or two sides of a battlefield. Mm-hmm. But if you actually think of it more in these kind of scenarios, it's kind of like a dance. You know, and I know I know that methodology we mentioned before talks about the buyer-seller dance. And the idea of this dance is it's not always, you know, you have to go back for me to go forward. You know, we can sidestep. And mm-hmm. that's quite nice because in this same, same situation, you've kind of gone a bit far instead of painting the world for that seller to, or sorry, for that potential prospect to live in. Uh, but you've sidestepped back. You say, okay, well, look, before we get you there, let's maybe this warrants another conversation. Uh, sidestepped you've pivoted back on that the ballet dance if i was going to call it anything it would be ballet we watched (laughs) the ballet the way they like move around the room seamlessly but it's never in a straight line yeah yes well i think that's anyway i think that was sufficiently emptied my brain for something (laughs) (laughs) i've absorbed a lot um the um just uh segue and have a clean cut here what Luke hates is dead. It's dead. It. It's gone. Like it just didn't last very long. It I didn't have enough things I hated. I hated four things, and I think I've gotten over them. <laughs> and I figured out a way around it. Um, I've chosen to change it. Um, so now it's called What Luke Learned. Um, okay. Let's hear this. It's something that um, it's not going. It, it, Laura actually taught me it unintentionally during the week, uh, and it's. Whatever job you're doing, whether it's in sales, whether you're a director of a company, whether you're a cleaner, you should be both learning and teaching. And that's the only way to get better at a job. Because if you're just learning, you're just receiving information and you're not passing on, you're not like reconfirming it in your mind, you're not putting it into your own language, you're not spitting it out in your own words, which helps you to learn it at the end of the day. And if you're only teaching, you're only providing somebody, you're only giving, 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 you're not adding to your own knowledge. Like whether you're learning off a podcast or a book. So I just think, I, I, I didn't realize it just this week, but I like realized it again. And it was just 
put back to me again. So you should be learning and teaching regardless of what job you're doing. And if you're not, you need to, if you're just learning, just focus on teaching. Find somebody to teach and show them, maybe a new staff member. And if you're just teaching, figure out a way to learn something, whether it's a podcast, a book, maybe you go to a course, maybe you find somebody internally that can teach you something. But yeah, you got to learn and you got to teach in whatever role you're in, in some way. That's, That's it. They I always learned. say, they always say you never know how well you know something until you have to teach it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's also ties into the coaching thing, you know, but yeah, it's all layered up. Um, well, I think Mr. Knowledge Man, you should be giving us our USP this week. USP. Oh, USP for me is on pain. Let me think. Um, I, I think the, the USP for me this week is to know the typical things that your product or solution solves for and why your typical customer becomes a customer. Because that's the platform from where you can build your bank of questions, whether situational or those leading pain questions, and it allows you to then start that, you know, paint paint me a picture of that world you live in. Because the pain comes by understanding and the understanding starts with, well, why have people already bought from us? You know, what challenges do we solve? And what, what is our mission as an organization? What are we trying to solve for? When you understand that, then you can, you've got the foundation to build your question back. And for me, that's my USB this week. The what? Nice. I like it. Um, so for next week, we are jumping into Chris Foss land. It's going to be a balanced episode. It's not going to be all pro Chris Voss. It's not going to be anything against him. It's going to be balanced conversations with me and Felix of our personal thoughts and feelings about his book, Never Split the Difference, his ideals, how, how it fits into life, work, sales, whatever. It's going to be interesting. We're going to be together. So we're going to, we're we do live. this over Zoom. Yeah, we're <laughs> live. We're going to be in uh, LA, then San Francisco. We're going to do it from San Francisco. We're going to be sitting in the same room. It'll be, yeah, it'll be, it'll be good fun. Um, Anyone has any questions, comments, concerns? Again, it's two guys, one USP at gmail.com, number two, number one. And uh, Felix, you want to end us out there? Yeah, it's a check out the LinkedIn as well. We're, we're posting the episodes up there for everyone to get access to. But I mean, use that as well as a way of, you know, sharing feedback, good reviews only, as we say, um, and uh, ask your questions. I mean, it's a great spot. And uh, yeah, thanks for being along with us on the journey. We'll see you stateside. Adios. Ciao.